Welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by Citico, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford. I'm Vaughan Allen from Citico, and today I'm talking to Jess Thompson from City of Trees, a project that's been underway for a couple of years now and aims to plant a tree for every individual in Greater Manchester. Jess, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. And so where did this idea for City of Trees originate? Well, it's not a new idea. Um, uh, we did launch back, we, several launches, sort of the tail end of um, 2015, early 16. And previous to that, we were Red Rose Forest. And so basically, both Red Rose Forest and City of Trees are based on the concept of community forestry. So there are community forestry organisations around the world um, and a number across England. And it's all about um, developing trees, woodlands and green space for the wider benefits for people. And I suppose at the heart of that is trying to get as many people on board in that as possible. So City of Trees was launched um, to cover Greater Manchester. And it's more of a movement, it is the name of our organisation, but it's very much a movement that we want uh, the general public, we want the private sector, the public sector, in fact everybody across Greater Manchester to get involved in greening um, the landscape. Why the rebrand from Red Rose Forest? Um, well, Red Rose Forest was originally, it was a partnership between six of the local authorities. Uh, we used to get funding from each local authority many moons ago now. Um, and of course, that's come to an end because we're in a different era. And we uh, decided that we needed to refresh. At the same time, Mike Oglesby from the Oglesby Charitable Trust um, approached us and he was very interested in trees across Greater Manchester. And it was all very timely. And he said, you know, I'd like to work with you on doing something about greening up Greater Manchester. Um, and it was just decided through those conversations that we needed a refresh. And that's how City of Trees was born, really. So it was spearheaded by Oglesby Charitable Trust and who just came in at the right time um, to help us, um, along with Creative Concern, to launch City of Trees. So who's involved now? Presumably Oglesby Charitable yes. Trust is still involved? Yeah, we're still, uh, they are very much involved. We are underpinned by a charity called Community Forest Trust and have been for uh, several years, going back into Red Rose Forest days. Um, and we have lots of um, bodies involved. We have Oglesby Charitable Trust. We also have something called the Greater Manchester Forest Partnership, which is where all of the 10 local authorities come together to discuss trees and woods at a strategic level. Um, that's coordinated by City of Trees. Um, we're also working with a wide variety of organisations, including the private sector, which is really the change from Red Rose Forest to City of Trees. There's a lot of development happening in the city. Um, we see that as an opportunity for green infrastructure. So, you know, we are wanting to work with developers to green up the city. And, you know, that's where some of the funding will be coming from, hopefully. Um, and what's the reaction been? I mean, um, you talk about the council's meeting to discuss strategically um, yeah. trees and so on. Um, you know, is that at a high level? Is, is there quite a lot of engagement at a high level? There is engagement at a high level. I mean, we have Andy Burnham, our mayor, has said that he's fully behind City of Trees. You can see the benefits to that, um, to the movement. He sees the benefits to green space in lots of different ways, not only from the very obvious leafy backdrop, but also a place to be physically active for recreation, to combat 
issues we have around air quality. Um, so we do have buy-in at very senior level. Um, we obviously need to discuss trees and woodlands. We need a trees and woodlands strategy. We haven't got one for Greater Manchester. So that's something that we are working with the Greater Manchester Forest Partnership on. Um, and the reaction has been really positive, you know, because from a local authority perspective, they've obviously been challenged with cuts over the last few years and anything that brings people together to talk and discuss things strategically because you can't talk about green infrastructure and green space across greater Manchester just at a district by district level it all has to be joined up for really obvious reasons so um, the reaction has been really positive we've had a really good response from the private sector so we've had um Companies such as Bruntwood, Prophecy Alliance Group, um, Allied London are very interested in what we're doing as well. And it, we feel that this is just the start of things to come. So, yes. And how long have you, you been involved? Me personally, um, I've worked uh, in community forestry for the last 13 years or so. So I was, um, yeah, going back to the Red Rose Forest days. And, and do, have you seen a difference in how people whether people are interested in trees, I mean, both at council level, but also private sector. It sounds like the private sector is a lot more interested than it used to be. Oh, yes, definitely. I think, um, I think people are just more interested. There seems to be, particularly in Manchester at the moment, there's a real drive on citizenship, isn't there? The pride of Manchester, the buzz of the city um, that's always been there, and it's also been revitalised through negative things that have happened over the last year in Manchester. But, you know, the response has been that it's all about people pulling together. And I think there's a lot of civic pride. Um, and, you know, on, on a very local level, people are really passionate about their places where they live on a neighbourhood level. And I think, you know, that's always been the case. But what you have now is all of these people living in the city centre that didn't used to live in the city centre. We've still got people, you know, living in the suburbs, um, the urban places and spaces, as well as the sort of peri-urban fringes. And people just really care about where they live and, you know, are very, very keen to get involved in improving where they live. So we run projects such as Green Streets, which is all about communities and neighbourhoods and residents and whoever coming together to improve their area. So that might be changing that grot spot at the end of their street, the grotty bit of woodland or whatever, into somewhere where people actually want to spend time and take their kids. Um, there's also been things like an interest in um, environmental education from schools. So the forest school movement is growing. And of course, if you have interest in that, you need to have the venues in order for you know schools to go out and um, use our woodland. So it's it's all it all feels like everything's happening um, in a in a way that matches lots of different agendas. Really, I suppose. I mean, when you look at Manchester, Greater Manchester's sort of greenscape, yeah, how does it compare to other British cities and and other cities worldwide? Well, it's all relative, isn't it? What we're trying what we're trying to say at the moment is. When you visit other places, either I think particularly over in Europe and abroad, those real, the world-class cities are always, pretty much are always green and they have high-class kind of green areas and parks. Um, so, you know, we are saying that Manchester could be that um, and we're very, very keen for that to happen. One of the um, exciting projects that's happening is um, called City Forest Park and... That is a big 
green space just north of the M60. So you could cycle from the city centre in about 15 minutes. And City Forest Park is what, what was known as the Livia site, which is a sort of mosaic of green spaces that includes Clifton Country Park in Salford, up to Phillips Park in Berry, and so um, various other sites. That is being looked at at the moment by City of Trees and the Forestry Commission, and it's the same size as Central Park in New York. So what we're trying to say is, is this could be Manchester's Central Park. You have to cycle a little bit north to get there, but, you know, it's absolute wonderful haven um, of green space. It has some issues, it needs improving, um, but that's being looked at at the moment. And, and I think I th we, we did a project at CityGo about seven, eight years ago that was actually about promoting the green spaces we do have in this city centre because people aren't tend, don't tend to be aware of them. And, and actually, right. you know, there are numbers, Sackville Gardens, Parsonage Gardens, obviously Ardwick Green is beautiful on, on the edge of the, the city, uh, unfortunately right next to the A6, but you know. Um, yeah. And we probably actually don't make enough of those areas that we have. We don't make enough of, of street trees and, and yeah. the opportunities that we have there as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, when, you know, Manchester is an urban setting and what you have to do is take the opportunity to green where you can. And yes, so that does include street trees and looking at the pocket spaces, um, which are really important. And I think they're often bypassed. It's, it's another thing you see perhaps when you, you uh, travel to other places um, where, you know, I was in... Um, on the fringes of Barcelona recently, and people, you know, over there, they really make use of their pocket parks. Um, and it's perhaps for different reasons in that they are more, she you know, sheltered and shaded areas. And, and for that reason, people are stopping by and using them on a very practical level. But, you know, we, we need to get into that mindset that the parks are there to be used just to, and small areas of green space, just to take some time out, really, and, you know touch base with nature in our hard <laughs> urban environment, which sounds all a bit soft and woolly-woolly, but, you know, there's tons of evidence out there now to say that we do need that contact with nature. Um, yep. I mean, we talked about um, sort of the broad aim on the website of, of planting a, a tree for a, yeah. every individual and so on. What else is City of Trees uh, aiming to work on? So as well as tree planting, we want to bring 2,000 hectares of underused woodland um, or green space back into management. So those are the areas that you know people perceive as being neglected. And I think many of those spaces are owned by landowners like local authorities that just don't have the resources to to maintain them anymore so we are um we've launched a scheme called citizen forester which is basically our volunteer offer so really interesting getting people out in those woodlands using hand tools having a go at some uh, practical conservation that really does make a difference um to those places and spaces um so that's one thing we're doing. And the, the third aim is all about connecting people to our green space. Um, we call this woodland culture. And this is from the general public getting involved with Citizen Forester or a project like Green Streets. But it's also about getting trees and woodlands in the mindset of um, organisations and agendas that can use trees and woodlands to achieve another means. So for example, it's about 
thinking about planting trees and maintaining greenery to combat our issues that we have around air quality. It's about using our green spaces and green routes to enable people to be more active and, and support the active travel agenda. So it's, it's, it's about, I suppose, promoting the fact that we can get more from trees than, we, than just a leafy backdrop. Cool. And for all of this, presumably you're needing partners, private sector partners, public sector partners, because you can't do it yourself. We can't do it ourselves. And, and like I said, it's City of Trees is a movement, so it's all about people getting, getting involved. And I would urge anybody that has an interest or an idea um, to get in touch. There's lots of ways that people can get involved. So, I mean, you talked before about some of the evidence um, that we've got around the impact that, that, that trees can have. Can you mm. talk us a bit more through what having trees on our streets in the city centres will, will do for us and how they'll improve our lives? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first thing that people think of is the aesthetics, isn't it? So it's about, I wouldn't say that this is the top thing, but it's the first thing that springs to mind is, is about the image of Manchester. So if we talk about city centre and our town centres and our neighbourhoods, it's about providing that place where people think wow this is a lovely place actually I would like to come and work here or study here or I might move here or whatever so um that's one thing the other another reason why we need trees and woodlands um particularly trees in our city centers and townscapes is to alleviate the effects of climate change and what we're seeing is extreme weather events like flooding so the trees that we're wanting to plant in the city centre as part of our city relief project, um, we're hoping that they'll be suds enabled. So that means that they're not just a street tree, they are a sustainable urban drainage system as well, which is terribly <laughs> it's dry. Not a tree people, it's a... Yes. Um, but basically, what that means is that they're able to manage water, so excessive water. Um, we also need access to nature and greenery because it makes us feel better so there's lots of evidence out there that if you immerse yourself and go for a walk uh, somewhere green it changes your mood um you know not only are you getting out there and your heart's pumping and you being more physically active but it really does have a positive effect on your well-being um obviously we need it for nature biodiversity um and there's lots of things around, you know, our trees and woodlands. I mean, we're talking about creating new areas of green space and new street tree planting. But the other thing that we mustn't forget is what we have existing also tells us a lot about our social history and our landscape here. So to give you an example, you know, you'll find pockets of orchards where pears a specific variety of pears were grown because of the textile industry in Manchester that was used in the dyeing process. So, you know, I just think that's really interesting as well and um, it's something to be celebrated, really. It's part of Manchester's heritage. And you're also working on a heritage trees project as well? Yes, we are. So uh, we have a heritage lottery-funded project um, called Heritage Trees and we think that every tree tells a story and that Heritage Trees is all about people celebrating the trees on their streets, people understanding why that tree is there, people um, understanding the need for more trees and woodlands. Um, it's a great project. It's got a brilliant website where people have plotted where their favourite trees are. So we now have this sort of database of the 
social and cultural significance of a lot of the trees across Greater Manchester. Um, and I think that's really important because it just validates the importance of trees to people. And, I mean, we talked a bit about forest schools and so on, and, and mm. obviously in schools generally, um, the environment, nature, getting out into nature is becoming ever more important and vital to them. Um, so how, how have you got schools involved? How many schools are involved? Um, what are they doing? Yeah, well, we are um, currently delivering something called Trees for Learning, which is actually a DEFRA-funded project. So over the next two or three years, we're going to be planting around 60,000 trees with school children across Greater Manchester. So I think it's about 350 primary schools we're going to be working with. Um, and the idea is, is that the school children will be able to either plant the trees in the school grounds or somewhere nearby. And obviously that's just for really obvious reasons it's a great way of getting kids kind of um hooked on trees and understanding the importance of them and i've not yet met a school child that hasn't enjoyed going out on a wintry day because it's always in the middle of winter tree planting season <laughs> and get getting really muddy and put you know digging holes and planting trees i mean they just absolutely love it um are there enough sites for them to do that um, there are, because like I say, you've just got to be um, opportunistic about where you can plant trees. So, you know, that's, it is a barrier within an urban setting, um, but there are places to plant trees, yes. Um, now, uh, somewhat more controversially, given um, some of the appalling things that are happening in my home city of Sheffield um, to trees, yeah. um, let's talk about some of the issues that yeah. certainly mature trees cause in city yeah. centres, town centres and so on. So, um, I mean, it's great to plant new young saplings, I guess, but as they become more mature trees, you've got issues around leaf fall, which is becoming a which is a problem I certainly know in, in some areas in the city centre, um, but also around breaking pavements and so on. So how, how, are, yeah. how are you helping councils or developers manage some of those issues on a, a sort of more longer term basis? Yeah, so we have some very big, very old and very lovely trees that are, you know, um, causing problems around pavements and so on. And um, they are lovely I'd be surprised if anything that size ever gets planted again in the city centre. Don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, we are planting more appropriate species now. And we're looking at best practice globally and working with the local authorities on uh, tree specs. So, you know, in this day and age now, there's lots of things like root cells and various materials that you can use that really do um, suppress roots coming up into pavements and so on. So we know a lot more than our Victorian forefathers did. We just wanted the size. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted the size. And, you know, they are they are really lovely. But, yes, they, they can be a problem. Um, in terms of leaf fall, I suppose we can't stop leaves dropping uh, from trees. That's something we can't do. Um, I think the more buy-in that we get around trees... And we are hoping that this is certainly the case in the city centre. It's just, I guess, about prioritising funds to have the maintenance budgets to be able to deal, deal with things like heavy leaf fall where it is an issue. Um, but in terms of maintenance on the whole, one of the things that we are working to do is um, rather than just... you. When you plant street trees, for example, you write into a contract that contractors will come out and help water the trees, that sort of thing, for a number of years after. And we're seeing our citizen forester 
volunteer scheme as a way for actually getting people involved in that. So in the city centre, we are going to be, we are looking to work with Back on Track, which is a charity that works with people in vulnerable situations who are looking for vocational rehabilitation. So they're looking for activities that will um, lead them to a pathway to a life that they want, which is a step change from the one that they're at at the moment. And so, you know, there are innovative ways of working like that with partners whereby you can meet other social um, outcomes. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is we'll be working, hopefully we're back on track to look at how we maintain our trees and woodlands across the city um, and get, you know, there'll be citizen foresters who are helping to maintain the tree stock because it's a really good point. We've had, you know, we do get... Um, where we've planted trees, say, for example, 10 years ago, and the woodland management hasn't been undertaken since then, we do get criticism for that. But I think in this particular time and place, it has to be volunteer-led. And we've found that there isn't um, a shortage of volunteers out there who will be willing to do that. It's just about organising it all. Um, I mean, you've, you've talked a bit, obviously, about sort of mass tree planting and also resurrecting old woodlands or, or neglected areas as well. Um, I, in, when we look at the city centre, there's been uh, some really good work around Stevenson Square. That's that's yes. sort of transformed with a relatively yeah. small number of trees going in. That, yeah, that, that's been major. And I can see that there's, obviously as new developments, Noma or uh, Mayfield or whatever, come up. Yeah, tree planting is going to be part of that. How do you persuade councils or the the landlords where they've actually got a mature area of the city centre? You know, the buildings are there and everything is there. Um, to invest in more trees and, and, and better uh, green coverage? Um, it's a really good question. It's one that we're working on now. I like good question. Yes, um, it's, um, we are hoping that by working with some key developers that, be, you know, if City of Trees is a movement and things start snowballing, we are hoping that there will be a snowball effect in that we do get some buy-in from some developers and people like what they see. And so it will catch on, if you like. Um, that's not to say that we're just waiting for people to contact us. We are going out there and actively speaking to um, lots of companies and organisations about the possibilities. Because I think there is a lot of will there. I mean, very often they just think, oh, this would be a great thing for us to be involved in. But again, it's about their priorities and their time and their budget constraints as well. So I think... You know, the will, there is a lot of will there to um, get city trees and city relief projects, particularly around the city centres, Manchester and Salford. Do you think there's a bit of, uh, having having worked a bit with Red Rose around King Street and a few other areas, yeah. do you think there's a bit of underestimating some of the issues of, say, for instance, on King Street, planting, planting trees in the street that is effectively an 18th century street. So as soon as you start digging down into a tree pit, you're finding all sorts of yes. sewers, pipes that yeah. nobody even remembers on no. maps that are there, which yeah. adds exponentially to the cost, doesn't it? As well. It does, it does. Um, yes. So we have a saying in our office that a tree's not in the ground until it's in the ground. Because even when you have plans of, of you know, pipes and sewage works, electricity, all the rest of it, 
you know, sometimes the contracts are out there and unearth all sorts of things that nobody was expecting to see in there. Um, and it does up the cost. But what we say is, particularly in the city centre, it's not just planting a tree, it's actually a feat of civil engineering. Um, and especially if it is suds enabled, you know, and it's doing more than just being a tree planting, you know, it's actually managing the water. Um, so yes, it does, it does up the cost. Um, it's very different to planting a whip in a field, for example. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and that, that's why I suppose when you do do those interventions, we, we are talking about sort of six, eight trees at a time usually in, yeah. in an area. It's, it's sort of limited numbers. But when you then look across the city centre and you look at that idea of, uh, I mean, particularly, you know, insects or whatever, being able to jump from trees to trees. We were doing a similar thing with bees a few years back, trying to yeah. get enough rooftops that, that actually they could go from one area to another. Um, it, it all mounts up very quickly. Yes, it does. Um, we have identified a thousand locations in the city centres to put trees. Um, and we've obviously, we would love for lots <laughs> of money to fall out of the sky. We couldn't plant all a thousand in one, in one go anyway. So it's going to be a course over a few years. But yes, it's about, you know, we've, we've, we have a map of the city centre, we have locations. The city's already broken up into quarters and areas, isn't it? Which is quite convenient because then we can go out there and really target local businesses and say, well, you see, we've got 10 locations around here and um, we can show you other examples where, you know, it was, if you take Stevenson Square, you know, I think the greenery that's happened there has changed the feel of that place from it being feeling quite kind of backstreety and a bit grotty, really. It's now, you know, cafe culture is at Stevenson Square. And I think um, that's that's the change that it can make. And I think it's just about raising the profile of, of the impact that greenery can have. And hopefully, you know, we are going to get more people involved and on board. Um, and, and, and across the city centre, I mean, there are those pocket parks already, but it's um, making more of what we have. Some of those are probably fairly neglected as well, apart from the grass getting cut every so often. And, yeah. and some planting go on. And I'm, as we work next to Parsonage Gardens, we see amazing flower displays a few times a year. But yeah. um, it's then actually those areas, how you can connect those pocket parks up and, and getting some good trees so that you're actually feeling that you... You're, you're always somewhere near to a tree and you're always somewhere close to greenery. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we, uh, when we have our tree and woodland strategy, we will, we will know the best places to be planting to link up, particularly within the city centre. And we, we are looking at um, something that we're calling green connections, which is all about spatially a much bigger area. So if you take Greater Manchester... We want to know if you're if you start from the city centre and you want to go on a walk or a bike ride, where could you go to? So we're looking at the and there are lots of off-road routes, which is obviously really important because there's a huge push on getting more people walking and cycling at the moment. So we're looking at the quality of the routes that, for example, would take you to City Forest Park and then onto Smithalls and Bolton, or if you're in the city centre, how could you cycle all the way down to Dunham Massey um, and over in the west through to Wigan and so on through the carbon landscape there? So um, you know. It's something that we're working with partners such as uh, TFGM on and Greater Sport is looking at those linkages and how 
we can improve those to get more people active and out and about and exploring Greater Manchester. You know, the uplands in the north are absolutely lovely and we have so many people that will go to the Peak District or the lakes just for a day to get some walking in and actually you can do some really good hill walking in the north. And I just think that people don't aren't aware of that. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, you mentioned the Peak District, but I think it's one of the things that, I know Marketing Manchester has worked on it a bit recently, but it's one of the things that we, Manchester doesn't make as much of as, as probably Sheffield does, that yeah. has as much right to claim the Peak, Dis Peak District as Sheffield does. But yeah. the idea that you can come here and have a nice meal and a nice overnight in a hotel and then go walking the next day isn't something that we're particularly good at promoting yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's all out there to be had, I think. This is what we, we'd like to uh, be able to change with partners and, you know, it has to be a big effort, really. Um it's all about joining up the active travel movement. Um, obviously, Chris Bowman has come in as the walking and cycling commissioner, um, working with Andy Burnham. So it's all about joining all of these dots up about the fact that, you know, well, if we can look at that um, alongside our green infrastructure and our green connections, how, does, how can that make a difference? And, and I suppose the waterways, which we... We have a huge number of waterways in the in the city, but we certainly don't make anywhere near as much of them as Birmingham does. Um, yeah, right. There's, there's been quite a bit of work around it, but those yeah. are those, those are those areas where if they were a little bit nicer and a little bit yeah. felt a little bit safer and they're yeah. a lot better than they were. Um, they would be used as good ways of getting certainly north to south and across the city centre as well. Yes, yes. When we talk about green infrastructure, it does include the blue bits the, as the well. Blue the blue infrastructure. The blue infrastructure. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you're quite right. And there are, I mean, there are lots of opportunities to go off road. It's just that we know that there are sections that you know. Would you want to promote it right now? Because how you know? So, um, but you know, with some capital work and a greater awareness, which is what is needed. There needs to be a real joint campaign about getting people out there exploring the green spaces across Greater Manchester. Um, and it's, you know, one feeds the other. We'd like to think that more, you know, once people are using it more, they might shout a bit more about how certain sections need improving and, you know, that's how things can get done. So it's a, it's a, it's a two-way stream about making those improvements and getting people to use them. Um, and finally, how do companies sense. find out more? Where do they go to to find out more? And how can they get involved? Um, well, if they want to find out more about what we do, uh, if they go on our website, um, if they Google City of Trees, we'll, we'll come up and, um, and just get in touch. There's lots and lots of ways you can get involved um, from coming out and getting their hands dirty on a CSR day, so actually having a go at some practical management and tree planting, um, they can get involved in a project to green somewhere. They could drive a project. Uh, companies could sponsor a project. There's a whole uh, ways of, of companies uh, to be able to get involved in City of Trees. And, and first spot is that website? Yes. To find out more. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you to Jess. And I'm sure we'll come back to the project as it grows, yes. pun intended, over the next few years. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. If you have any comments or ideas for things to cover in the future, you can talk to us on Twitter at CottonmouthMCR. Cottonmouth Manchester is available on iTunes, Acast and Soundcloud or direct from the source at cityco.com slash podcasts. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Until next time. Mm -hmm.